You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys again. <laughs> if you saw our Facebook Live, you'll realize that this is actually take two. So let's go over here. Over here on my right, we've got the one and only Bobby Osinski. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. Uh, and right next to him, we've got Diego Stucco. Hey, Mike. Good to be here. And across the table, we've got Mr. Scott Gershon. Hello, Mike. And <laughs> next to Scott, we've got producer extraordinaire, Miss Bliss McGinnis. Hello, Mike. And finally, over here on my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Outcasts, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. This is Good show, to be back. This is show 183. This is our 11-year anniversary show. 11 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Impressive. That's crazy. And, um, so so us, next year, the kids will be starting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us on the podcast, we've got some great guests. But um, our first guest, as I've actually, when I started this podcast uh, 11 years ago, I wanted to get this person on the podcast. And just it never worked out. But I realize now it was because he was supposed to be on the 11th year anniversary show. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Mr. Eric Persine from Spectrasonics. As yeah. our guest. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. And Eric, Thanks. we're going to talk. Great to be here. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm just going to have to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fanboy. I love Spectrasonics. I've been using their products forever. They actually – made me better than I was as a tech when you're like, oh, yeah, you could try this. And, and you know, I I used distorted reality before it became That old. distorted. <laughs> <laughs> before, before everybody else used distorted reality. <laughs> I actually bought the Liquid Groove CD, like way back yeah. in the day. So, awesome. um, so it's just an honor to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. And also joining us, we have as a special guest, uh, Mr. Brian Yaskolka. Wow, you said it right. Yeah, I, I said, <laughs> done right. That is awesome. Um, that's that's great. And Brian, this is great. Brian is a listener to the podcast, and he sent me an email. And if you listen to our podcast, you know that I make an offer um, for people to come join us on the uh, on the podcast. And we've actually like three times people have have <laughs> taken me up on the offer. And and Brian sent me an email, and I'm like. Sure, and, and he has a studio. Uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself, Brian? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a mixing engineer and at a studio called Secret World in North Hollywood with my partner over there, Mike Gehring. Mike. And, hey, Mike. And uh, <laughs> I pretty much mix all the time, and he's the guy making the music using Spectrasonics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, man, I got Keyscape, you know. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm, I, you know, it's pretty much what I do all day. All day long, playing with playing with knobs. And how'd you how'd you find <laughs> out about the podcast? Well, through another podcast, believe it or not, I I was uh, I was listening to Pro Tools Expert, and they have a little thing at the end of the each podcast, the like their find of the week, and it was uh, one of the guys saying, "Hey, I I found." you know, re rediscovered this podcast. I was like, I didn't even know about it. Cause you know, I, I'm kind of new to podcasts, so, you know, and I, I listened to Bobby's, I listened to pro tools expert, you know, <laughs> so I'm like getting my, since I have to commute so much, getting my podcast time in. So I listened to the podcast. I'm like, cool. You know, and then 
that's why I'm here. You know? Great. See? <laughs> so gang. it all worked out. Dreams can come true. Yes. Yeah, see? <laughs> and our marketing is so good, it only takes 10 years for people to discover <laughs> <Exactly>. it. <laughs> but it happens organically. That's right. Excellent. That's right. 10 years. We now have eight listeners. That's right. <laughs> we got another one. So, uh, but uh, that, that's great. And, and yeah, and I um, – your studio looks really great and looks like you've done some pretty amazing things. And, thanks. Thanks. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a, a hybrid kind of studio, you know, I got a lot of outboard plus, but you know, depending on what I'm doing, it, what's easier to recall. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, yes. well, but, or is, is it going to be worth it to, you know, go plug in all that stuff? It, it just depends on the project and the, you know, and the music, you know? Well, we're glad you're here, and Thank you. um, it's great. And you know, maybe you'll join us for another podcast. Yeah, um, awesome. Before we get going, like on the second half, we're going to talk all spectrosonics, and and it's going to get really geeky. Just so you know, we're going to get down to patches. We're going to get down to all kinds of really cool stuff. But there's a few things that I wanted to um, talk about. Number one, this is our 11 year anniversary show. Like I said before, we've been doing this for 11 years. And just to give people a little backstory, the Audio Nowcast was basically born out of. NAM show dinners that Rob and myself and Larry would have. And after the NAM show, we'd get together and we'd go over to um, King's Fish Market and mm-hmm. we would have dinner there and we'd talk about gear and things like that. And I thought this would make a really great podcast because, you know, for people who are into audio, because we were talking about things that a lot of people don't talk about and we have a different perspective and everybody was kind of like a, uh, a professional and, and, and so we started the the Audio Nowcast 11 years ago, and uh, it's just been going ever since. And the most amazing thing is that everybody keeps showing up. <laughs> I keep sending out the emails, and they keep showing up. So, <laughs> so it's really great. Um, so because of this being the 11-year um, anniversary podcast, I wanted to mention a couple Audio Nowcasts highs and lows, as, mm-hmm. as I want to say. So we're going to start with um, – the highs. Obviously, one of the first highs is our first year anniversary show. We did a nice big blowout. It was kind of fun. We went over to Rob's house and we celebrated, you know, being around for a whole year. The low is our first show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not uh, incredible. Was like, I, I, it's, we sound like a bunch of doctors. <laughs> if you go back and listen to it. Hello, my name is Mike Rodriguez. And we're, I mean, it, it's like NPR. It was just – and what people don't know, and I've said this a couple of times, I was so scared because I spent all this time and effort putting together the podcast, not realizing that when we actually started – Everybody's going to turn and look at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I got to say something now. <laughs> yeah. So at the very beginning, I was a little short on words. It's hard to believe now. But yes, it was. it's a little painful for those first couple ones. And, and Rob, man, Rob, he was the only one who sounded good. <laughs> on the first one? <laughs> yeah. That I don't remember. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah, I need to go back and listen. So a couple other highs and lows. Um, one of the big highs that we've had in the podcast was because of, uh, of this gentleman, Bobby Osiski, sitting next to me, was when we got Ken Scott, uh, Beatles mm, engineer, yeah. on the podcast. That was a high because I'm merely into the Beatles. I love the Beatles. And for him to be here was just an amazing, amazing high. One of the lows, I cannot say this person's name, but we had as a guest um, a artist <laughs> – that we brought on that he talked the talk 
And I never listened to his CD before I brought him on. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Got it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And I learned a valuable lesson <laughs> that I should never endorse anything I haven't heard. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be good advice. Yeah, that was a little painful. It was. Because <laughs> you had to play a little bit of it during the podcast? No. Or? No, we kind of no. listened afterwards. After afterwards. the podcast. Oh. Yes, and it was, it, it was, it was, I, I can't say it. And I, It would have been fun I, to film your reaction. Oh, we are lucky to have had mostly excellent guests. <laughs> <laughs> you know, plus. And it was a nice person. Yeah, right? the person was really nice right. and stuff. And, and that's why the next podcast, I think we talked about self editing and, and <laughs> it, was a big, of, it was a big it was an apology basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not believing all the good feedback your family and friends give exactly. you necessarily um, yeah so that was uh, that was definitely um, uh, a learning mm-hmm. <laughs> a learning lesson um, we've had a couple of highs um, in episode number 45 we had um, Dr. Steve uh, Lepkoff um, we actually had a doctor on oh. the podcast and we were talking about health for engineers and why you shouldn't do three all-nighters in one week because <laughs> I had yeah. done three all-nighters <laughs> in one week and it was really interesting getting a, a doctor on the show and being scared <laughs> wow. but everybody who sits around this table we've all been there we all know what it's like to pull those all-nighters and if you're into audio you're not going to survive um, unless you do a couple of those because it's just it's so competitive yeah. and I'm sure you've done a couple on editors. Oh. Right? <laughs> oh. Actually, more than two, thanks to me. <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> um, so uh, we've also had uh, NASA scientists, episode number 35. Um, Rob brought in his friend, Bill. Bill. Um, Bill. Uh, Noft. And uh, NASA scientists. So we actually, yes, it is rocket science. And we talked about data and how NASA stores their data and the amount of data. And this was back, you know, like nine, ten years ago. I can only imagine. Yeah. When the librarian came down? Wow. That was episode number number 35. The other thing we should also point out. So both of those, the Dr. Steve Labcuff you mentioned and Bill Knopf, they're friends of mine. But they're also, I mean, they're each, you know, Steve's a doctor and Bill's a scientist, but Steve's also a guitar player and singer and Bill's a guitar player and singer. Yeah. So they all have hands in some of the stuff we do. It's just our career paths. These are people I actually went to school with. So our career paths just sort of diverged at some point. So, um, so th- those were highs. Another high was when we had one of our first guests um, uh, for gear. Uh, we had Larry Dropa, mm-hmm. the, uh, the owner of API, he was on. He was our first gear guest, and he was on episode number two. And API has sponsored the podcast the whole time, and they've been behind it, and and they've been behind um, now the video spaces that we're doing. Um, and also Martin Uchek, who was one of the um, first outside reps coming in, and at that time Martin was um, sinking microphones, and mm-hmm. so that's what I knew. You know, we started getting nice brands coming in and doing yeah. things like that. And now he's Summer Cable. I'll give him a. A yeah, little shout out. I just saw him at the NAB show. And we've had some really good. Martin? Mm-hmm. We've had um, Wolfgang, um, one of the original programmers of uh, Nuendo. Uh, oh, Wolfgang Kundras. Kundras, yeah. yes. And um, so we've had some really great um, industry people come in. One of the low lights. And so, My favorites are the low lights because <laughs> you're not allowed to say what I, they really are. Well, I'm going to tell you this one because okay. everybody will know the infamous um, – 
how to buy a guitar episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... We talked about, I was trying to do something a little consumer oriented. Yeah. And so we did a segment on buying a guitar and what you go into when you go buy a guitar. And literally, I think everybody from the podcast called me up that week and goes, um, and Rob was the most diplomatic. He was like, uh, you know, that's, I think we're a little bit above that. <laughs> if there had been a sharp object, I would have killed myself. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it was, those it was painful. Still, is that still available it's, somewhere? Oh, they're all up, they're all they're all up, up okay. there. But that was the uh, – how to buy post a guitar. link. No. <laughs> yeah. What episode number was that? I don't know. Uh, you know. You do know. That was, all Come I on. know is everybody talked to me about that. Bobby said something about it. Yeah. And he was like – I'm like – Never again. Never again. But Rob was the best because he made me feel this small in a really nice way. <laughs> I was trying to do it nicely. That was um, painful. But a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of highlights. Um, and this is my all-time favorite highlight for myself was episode number 33 when I talked about the iPhone. And I absolutely nailed it on what the iPhone will be. It's like about the music and about the apps and about all that. And and. Because I had just gotten the iPhone and I said, this is it. This is the wave of the future. This is where it's all going to go. And I was proven right. You know? So I gotta, I'm <laughs> patting myself that. on the back on <laughs> yes. that one. All right? And it's only been 150 episodes since then? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's the only time I've been right. Okay, so you're due. <laughs> you're definitely due. <laughs> um, and then just a couple other things that I wanted to talk about. Um, on episode – the really early episodes, we've had a lot of success with some of the guys that were on. For instance, on episode number four, my good friend Brett Johns who was basically you know, trying to be an actor and then he was working as a, um, as a waiter and he wanted to get into um, sound design. Mm. And he was a little older. He was past 35. I won't say how much older. But he was – to make that kind of a career move that late in life is really – Really, I mean, that's a risky move. And to give you an update, he's a senior um, sound designer on a really big video game yeah. that is a multiplayer, and um, he's the lead guy. And his sounds are amazing, and and it's really great. And so Good just to him. see, nice. just to see that progression. Also, uh, Morgan Neville, who is on show number um, three, he was a producer director of some music documentaries that I had mixed for him and he won an Academy Award the year before not last year but the year before mm -hmm. um, for his um, 25th star right yep yeah yeah Great exactly movie. nice yeah and so you know that was obviously because of us <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so so I just wanted to give you a couple updates of what's happened over 11 years and uh, a couple um, highs and lows but actually some of my best highs on on this the whole podcast have been some of the episodes where we meet um, Andrew Sheps for the first time which was um, show number five and when we meet Bobby Osinski for the first time and when we meet Diego for the first time. I mean, all the guys that have joined the podcast, they all have their first time and each one, it's a really great podcast and I'm just really thankful that you guys have stuck around. Yeah, it was fun. And um, How many years ago was it? Like four years ago at least? I, you know, it, it's probably ago. been like five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would guess at least five. Yeah. It's It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. So, but if you actually condense all the times you've actually shown up. I it, know. It was like last week. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. 
I'm kidding. Uh, Diego, you're awesome. Diego, we've had some great shows. I, I, I actually came just today because I thought there was some cake. Uh, like, <laughs> somebody mentioned a birthday on the you podcast know, like, or something. No, we had cake a few years we ago. We should have done cake. that. I hope you it's know? coming later. I don't know. 12. 12, we're going to have a oh, big okay. old party. All right. And I also <laughs> remember, I mean, when we had – uh, we've had some great musicians on too. It hasn't all been oh, yeah. text up, but when we had Steve Percaro on, yeah. Yeah. it was a great show. And Steve I'm Percaro drawing a blank great. on his name, but the piano player who played for uh, Patrick Leonard, Queen, no, oh, Patrick, Patrick Leonard was yes. a good show. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick was a good show. Yeah. But who yeah. was the piano player who played for? Uh, uh, I forget. He had the stories. It was the father with, of the girl, that, Fred Mandel. Right, right, right. Actually, like last weekend, played with Anthrax. Oh no! Kidding. Yeah, really? And it's and it's oh. on stage, and they did um they did a cover tune of uh, I think "Carry On Wayward Son" by Kansas. Huh. Wow. And, yeah. He was a really uh, cool guest. <laughs> great, great guest, great guy, and we're gonna have to bring him back because he's gonna have to talk about that whole and, thing. And as a low life, I do have low life. As a low light, <laughs> I need to mention <laughs> oh that we did actually have a guest deface some of our equipment. Mm. You remember an unknown, an unmentioned person stuck their gum to one of our mics. Oh, we'll mention it. And it remains there today. (laughs) No, it's our celebrity. It's our good, it's our our good buddy, Patrick. I don't think he's going to get offended for that. Uh, Okay, well. (laughs) Our good friend, Patrick Leonard, uh, left his gum. He left his mark. On uh, on one of the stands. And I knew we were in trouble when afterwards I tried to get it out and it's like, it's not coming out. And then we put it away and by the next week it was like cement. I, I think no. But we just they, need to auction was, it off when he has his next. Uh, image of his picture. It must have some body <laughs> into the gum. <laughs> yeah, we should at least get him to sign it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I call him. I say, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make a up. fundraiser for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Be helpful here. So yeah. we want to get nine listeners. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. But anyway. Those are some highlights and lowlights from from what I can remember. I just wanted to open it up if anybody has any highlights from the podcast um, or lowlights from the podcast. Now's the time to talk. Wow. Well, no, I, I will say that first anniversary show that we did at my place, but where we had an audience. Yeah. Because it was like, it was cool. It was us sitting around this exact same table. Right. But uh, with, what did we have, 40 or 50 people? Yeah, 50 people watching. in the audience. It was great. It was really fun. Yeah. We're gonna, we got to do another live uh, yeah, show. Yeah, it would yeah. be nice to do it again. We got to do another yeah. live show. So we'll figure that one out. But yeah, that was a blast. So that was, was a highlight. Fun. That was really, really good. We've really actually had, every now and then I'll flip through the website and see, we really have had a ton of great guests. Yeah, we have. And you know what? We've actually had a ton of laughs and a, and a ton of fun. And even some of the new people that have, that have kind of and bliss joining us, you know, taking over, helping with the producing and stuff like that. And I know the first time you came on, you were just, you were just completely blown away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to and finally that's a highlight, not a low light. <laughs> <laughs> it could have gone either way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I like to change just by the minute. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes both. You know. Uh, no, you guys are so great, and I'm so happy and blessed to be here. Ah, oh, see? And it's so good to have a female voice. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. <laughs> but it's been a great, great 11 years, and I'll say more when we wrap it up. Um, but I wanted to do some of the highlights and the lowlights of the last 11 years. Moving on, we got to talk about a few things. Um, and uh, first thing I want to talk about is something that everybody I think here can relate to in one way or another, and that's breaking up with a client. Mm-hmm. How do you break up with a client? And I'm actually mentioning this because of a of a friend of mine who gave me a call and wanted some advice about um, essentially breaking up with a client. They were contracted to do some sound 
on a uh, on a film project, and it was a documentary, and they were supposed to do a stereo mix, and then later on they're going to come back and do a five one mix. Um, the um, production people got involved with the label, and the label um, didn't want to provide the the mixed for the music because it was a music project that had some live performance as well as a documentary aspect. And so they came back and wanted to ask them if they could mix, you know, more than 11 songs. Huh. And we were only going to up the budget by like four grand, which live performance, four grand, 11 songs. Yeah. And they still had to mix the whole thing. And, and you know, the, the, my friend said, you know, can't do that, which I don't blame them. That's a lot of pressure. Um, so basically it, it got to a point where they said, okay, the record company was going to take the project back. And then wanted to get the Pro Tool session from them, mm-hmm. the, where all this work had been done. And my suggestion was, look, um, your Pro Tool session, your template, that's, that's your proprietary stuff. If they want a Pro Tool session, you can make them a Pro Tool session with the stems because they yep. paid for the stems. Um, but I would take the OMF and all the automation that came to you and just put it in a Pro Tool session and, and just hand it off because that's – you have – fulfilled your obligation you've given them a mix you're not ripping them off but there's no way i would let anybody take my pro tool session i know rob would not let his template out no 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 i've had that exact same kind of thing happen yeah no i mean you you render out and you hand them what they need but you don't give them as soon as you give them your template uh you're giving away some serious value that they really haven't paid for paid for yeah i mean scott would you ever give a a you know, a whole session like that? You know, I'm asked. I'm asked often, you know, can – not only can we get your stems and masters, but can we get your sessions? And usually we don't because if we do that, we're actually selling library, which mm-hmm. we're not interested in doing. So because if I give you the several thousand sounds that are using in a soundtrack in – a, in a soundtrack – you're getting each individual element. Sure. Yep. And that's not – I mean you can for 10 times the cost. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's always an option. But other than that, there's, there's no upside for me. I'm, we're not we're, – we sell creativity. We don't sell libraries. Mm-hmm. Look at you. That's like <laughs> a great answer. Yeah. We sell creativity. Wait, wait, we sell you can tell he's in management now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he's had to use that line. Uh, but – you know, it just got me thinking about when, you know, everybody, it's all warm and fuzzy when you're working with the client, but how do you manage a breakup with a client? How do you manage? You I raise mean, your rates. <laughs> Usually that's a good No, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, you go, I, I'd love to do it, but we raise in our rates and this is what it is. And they're like, we can't afford that anymore. And you go, I, I understand. <laughs> well, but similarly to Scott's experience, I get asked sometimes uh, if I can give them uh, a contact uh, instrument of things. Right. And number one, I don't because I'm a Petrosonic, <laughs> so that's already a problem there. But then I wouldn't because that's extra work that it's not uh, even part of the original project. Yeah. It's- and you raise a lot. So all of a sudden, if they say, you know what, we're going to pay you. No, but Then you can make a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah. usually you don't – the reason you break up with clients mm. is usually because they want a lot for a little. And it, you, you only have so many hours in the day and, and it's – He'd say it's capitalism. Yeah. If you've got ten people that want you can and you can only deal with three, yeah. then your rate goes up. 
because you go, all right, that's just, I'm in demand. There's only so much we can go around. The rate goes up, people drop off, and the people left are the people that pay you more money. And who doesn't want more money? Well, that's true. Well, let me throw this one out there. How many people have a breakup story from a client that has gone really bad that you can talk about? <laughs> Actually, you, Brian, you got a bunch. Uh, you got me? Some, yeah, the Italian ones. Which one? The ones where you got in the, in, like, the punching and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. No, you got, you got like the best one. Oh, I need to hear that yeah. one. Yeah. We need to, you got to tell us that You one. say no. I'm, <laughs> you blocked it out. I actually – exactly. My brain built a shield <laughs> I, 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 around – that was before I actually met Eric. That was the last drop. Like I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm done with the whole country here. So it was a, a movie project, okay? Uh, was hired to do the sound design. What happened was that um, we went to the studio. The studio was noisy, and I was trying to and – and the actors were speaking really quietly. So it was a combination of the <laughs> worst thing. So mm -hmm. I was constantly asking the owner, is there a way to keep the noise under control? Uh, because they were also mixing another movie with the doors open. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you have doors. Close them because here we are already doing the best. And at some point, the owner of the studio called called me inside one of the other rooms and said, listen, come with me. I got to talk to you. I go, okay. He grabbed me by the T-shirt and said, listen, you got to drop this thing right now because I'm going <laughs> to kick your butt right now. I go, aren't you doing that already? He <laughs> 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 goes, no. This is going to stop now. I go, okay, but we have to record this thing. I mean, the director is getting pissed at me because I can't record. And what do we do? I don't know. I don't care. So I ended up, you know, the director going, talking to say, hey, you can really rough up my guys. And I go, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was insane. It was insane. It was one of those days wow. you go to the studio and, and you almost got beaten up. <laughs> Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. I You're pretty bad. Eric, he wins. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I Bri forgot about that one. Brian, have you had any uh any uh stories? That uh, I've had a I've had a few. Uh <laughs> a couple of uh times I did I under the assumption I thought I was doing something on spec, but I didn't really I thought I wasn't doing it on spec. Uh, we weren't clear. You know, so uh I did mixes and I worked with the producer for – we had an ongoing relationship and I thought uh, that everything was cool. And then when it came down to, hey, you know, getting paid and then they needed the they needed the mixes and I didn't want to release the waves and, you know, it kind of got ugly wow. and it was turned into a shouting match and I, I still – I stood my ground. I, I still you. didn't – you know, I, I gave him all the MP3s and then I – made sure that I was like, okay, I'll give you, you know, the stems of, and which just because I just want to be cool, you know, yeah. like, all right, here without my session, you know, right. like you just, just do it offline and then here, here's some of the stuff and then do what you need to it. But I, you know, had to kind of cut the cord with that situation, <laughs> which kind of sucked because I was getting a lot of work from that person. Wow. You know, so it, it was kind of a touchy thing. And then yeah. you're like, well, where do you draw the line? And then it was like, well, there's a thing where you don't want to be taken advantage of, even mm -hmm. though, you know, you're cool with this person. And then stuff like that happens. Wow. You know? But then wow. you get but then you get the crazies. Oh, and I, I've oh, worked I've with numerous too. crazies. Oh, I've had the crazies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazies. You know, a couple of, yeah. Crazies are good stories. <laughs> and um, 
Yo, you had the real crazy. <laughs> I have. I've just remembered who you're talking about. <laughs> There's several, actually. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you work with people and and it's not even a money thing. It's a uh, life's too short thing. Exactly. <laughs> and you just go, um, <laughs> yes. oh, I have and one you, of those you, you, you do the project <laughs> and you survive it. And then you take a month off and, and figure that you're a human being again and detox. <laughs> And then you realize, yeah, let's not do that again. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, I started, and then you just aren't available. <laughs> I, I started doing like a children's album. This this woman wanted me because I'd done a couple children's albums and she heard about me and said, hey, can you do this? And then after two sessions with her, I was like, I, I can't do this. And I couldn't. And, you know, the, she was ready to, you know, lay down for, you know, 12 songs and do the whole album wow. production, mixing the whole deal. And yeah. I just was like, just what you said, life's too short for this. I cannot wow. deal with this. this and, you, know what, you know what's weird, though? Is- and, and it's supposed to be a children's album. It's supposed to be fun and nice. And, you know, it's supposed to be not crazy. So it's, am- like- <laughs> it's amazing how you can do free projects sometimes for really nice people and you have a great time doing it. Yeah, Yeah, right. And then you can get paid a lot of money and you could think like, how do I, you know, how do I get out of this? (laughs) And, and, and it's, and you're just like, and Rob probably spent most of the time with me through several of these. (laughs) I had to play therapist there for a while. uh, Well, I'll tell you what the, uh, the perfect combination, um, is when it's neither of those, when it's actually you get paid a little money and it's a hellacious project. That's what I've oh, actually and, seen oh, more. And yeah. I, the one time I had a less than friendly parting of the ways with a client is I was working on a movie and we got this quick time. And, um, and it, to say the movie was bad would actually be painted a compliment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I took it from, from, Suck to bad. <laughs> and I hit the ceiling. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you how bad it was. It was so bad that there was a scene that we got the quick time form and we did all the sound design and it was like, it was outdoors and it was this outdoor restaurant. And so, you know, um, the guy who was cutting effects put in all these crickets and we cleaned it up and it was like, oh, it's a nice little cafe. It was outdoors, the whole thing. And so... <laughs> Doing a, a playback, an effects playback for the for the director, um, and we, we get to that point, and he's like, "What? What's the crickets? And what's all this outdoors? And what's all this? What's all this stuff?" And we're like, "Well, he's outdoors. He's at this cafe." He goes. That's not outside. That's inside. <laughs> what? what? We're you like, couldn't tell. I couldn't wow. tell. <laughs> wow. I could not tell. He almost made like an art installation <laughs> kind of movie in a way. Yes. Without yes. It. Yeah. It was the – oh, my goodness. And, and oh, I was just like, oh, I got to get out of this. I have to get out of this because now – on the fly, you got you got to change. Like, um, okay, I need room tone as opposed to outside ambience, outside and you know, yeah. I got to kill the crickets, and we need <laughs> restaurant noise, and we need all that. I mean, it's like boom, 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 because he's sitting behind me, and Rough he's push. like getting all upset, and it was just, it was the worst. It was the I, they recorded the voiceover um, on a really horrible, horrible little cassette. Um, recorder like a dictation yeah and it was and and they thought it was okay because it was supposed to sound like it was coming from the radio okay so it was like pre-futzed that's all great and dandy till guess what they cut to a shot 
of the announcers in the booth. Because right. it was a sports movie and I, I can't say anymore. I just okay. – I don't want to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I've blocked it out. But needless to say, never worked with that client again and it just it – just You know, at the end of one of those types of projects, I once said to the producer, <laughs> I now understand why you have no budget because no one would ever spend any money to have you do their project. Oh. And you know what? I was right. <laughs> and, and they actually yeah. left the business after that because yeah. I, I wasn't well, the only one who felt so, that way. So the answer is how do you get rid of a client? Call Rob. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you just go. I'm going to be very frank with you. Very frank. <laughs> you, know, you know, I actually. I'll tell you this really quick. At the end of the story, for the longest time after that movie was finished, my biggest fear was that it was going to show up in my IMDb. For oh. oh yeah. I mean, because how many times do you, do you see? Like, I have some less than stellar credits on. My <laughs> but that one, I, I, that would have just. It would have been horrific. I would have been, okay, time to go pro so I can clean this up. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I uh, pretty early-ish in my career too, uh, I ended up having to fire a, a client who was actually a childhood idol of mine. Oh. And I'm not going to tell you her name <laughs> unless you ask me at some point, and I'll happily tell you, but not on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> but I actually used the whole, it's not you, it's me line. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which was not true. It was completely her. But I wasn't sure how to do this, but it was just the worst experience and I had to get out of it. And so yeah. – Well, but, listen. But, these are all great stories and uh, and you know, essentially when you – we're going to have to wrap this up because we're going to take a break. Um, but I just want to say is when, you, when you're breaking up with a client, my biggest advice for people is um, – just watch the circumstances because sometimes, you know, you don't want to leave them in a, a really bad place because you have a lot to lose, you know. Yeah, make sure you're being fair and honest about it. Yeah. I mean because it's easy to get wrapped up in the emotion, but make sure you're And I'm going to add one rational. thing because I've seen this happen. It's for sound designers and editors. It's kind of the kiss of death. And I, I can't name names, but I was doing a movie and one of our guys – Everything he had into it. I mean, he just stopped his life. He thought, this is it. This is his best moment. And he was just like, oh, the director's going to love this. This is so high. And he spent months, gets to the mixed stage. The director goes, well, what is all that? So he goes, well, it's the sound design. He goes, okay, do me a favor. Take it all out. When I want something, I'll let you know. And he never heard it. The sound designer then lost his mind and left the country. Oh, <laughs> wow. Sold, sold everything he had and just left. Wow. Wait, this wasn't Diego before the fire. <laughs> no, but what that no, means. I mean, I had crazy moments, but I'm still here. When you're so. Yeah. And what it means is when we do something creative and we give birth to it, we have to let it live or die and be on its own. Yeah. And then you've got to, you just got to divorce yourself from it and go, it's going to do what it's going to do, and then you got to get all over it. You know what? That's that's great advice. And so, if you're going to have to break up with a client, which if you're working in audio, you will have to break up, if even if it's not by your choice. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. be aware, um, take your time, and just remember you have you have a lot to lose. So don't you know you don't want to end on on too negative of a. And if and if it's a horrible enough breakup, write to us about it, and we'll have you on the podcast. <laughs> At least we'll have fun about That's it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, we're going to take a break right now, and uh, we will name names during the break. <laughs> uh, but when we come back, we're going to visit with Eric. We're going to talk Spectrasonics. We're going to get so geeky, and I'm going to try not to gush. Okay. <laughs> so we'll see you on the other side. 
listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the L.A. area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. And before the break, we were talking about breaking up with clients. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, breaking up with clients, it's almost worse than like breaking up with a girlfriend. I mean, that's <laughs> just, it's bad. Because you know you'll get another client. <laughs> 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 so uh, we're going we're gonna to visit um, with Eric. But before we do that, I, I got to tell you guys a story. And let me just tell you that right next to me, Rob Arbiter literally flew in across the country to be on tonight's podcast. He was going to Skype in, but he got the opportunity to fly in. And he made it here. Did you fly in United? And it was. I did not. I was so impressed. (laughs) That fact that that Rob has made it here and in, in real life. Because Rob's made it to all 183 podcasts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. For 11 years. Damn. So you. Well, I know, but. No. I no. He missed, he missed one. one. Actually, I called in. <laughs> he did yeah, call He missed one, yeah. He gets partial credit. Well, I've, I've Skyped in for plenty of them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I was going to be here. Actually, the one that I, that, I, that I missed, I talked to a friend who was in radio, and he said, Never give up the mic. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm never going to give up. We're talking about highlights. But it's always fun watching Rob on Skype, you know, several time zones away from us. And then you watch asleep. like the left eye goes down, <laughs> the right eye goes down, and it comes back up. And, you know. That's right. Rob, you awake? Yeah. 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 Well, anyhow, so Rob's never missed a, uh, a podcast. And, and I thought because he's never missed a podcast, he needs to be recognized. So what I have for Rob. <laughs> What's oh this? wow! Because we don't spare. Any you get expense. a gold star, Rob. Do I get a gold star? Mr. Rob Arbiter gets a <laughs> oh, lifetime so cool. achievement award oh, from nice. Podcast for not missing a podcast. Wow! He's made a hundred and participation. Well, thank you. Podcasts. So there you oh, go, Rob. You. I will an display Oscar. it proudly. <laughs> I got an Oscar. <laughs> We now are recalling it the Rob. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that today I did something I've never done before because it was it was actually a coin toss whether I was going to be able to get to the airport. I was in Dallas in a meeting, and it was unclear whether I was going to be able to get on a flight here fast enough. There was basically one flight that might work, and my meeting ended about 10 minutes, 15 minutes early. So I said, okay, I'm going to try to do this. So I got in an Uber. I didn't have a flight booked. I got in an Uber and I booked my flight. It was so funny. I told her this when we came in. I got in the Uber and I said, I'm going to the airport. And the driver said, which terminal? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, no. He said, which airline? I said, I have no idea. I'll let you know in a minute. And I booked my flight in the car on the way. I, luckily, I was able to get the same price for the flight that it was a week ago. So it didn't cost me any extra, which is rare. That's a baller move, man. Yeah. That is like That is like – Oh my god! Well, and if I didn't make it, the plan B was to go to an airport hotel and, and then did Skype you come in, in today. Burbank or LAX? LAX. That's the amazing part. And then took an Uber straight here. But that's the uh, story of that. I mean, come on, little, let's, let's give it for Rob. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hey, I wouldn't keep doing it if it wasn't for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen, um, we're going to shift gears, but thank you so much, Rob. And it's always thank a blast you. When you're thank you. Thank you for doing this. 
And um, it's it's really great. I recognize how much work this is for you, and I really appreciate it. I know we all do. Um, Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to shift gears right now. Um, We're honored to have um, literally, I would say, when it comes to sound designers and when it comes to someone who's had an influence on music, not just sound, but on music – Mr. Eric Pershings from Pershing Thank from, you. Uh, <laughs> Spectrosonics. And what's amazing, I'm, and I'm going to guess just a little bit, Eric. So just um, – Easy now. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> but literally, if you listen to the radio, if you listen to – like right now, there are his sounds that are being played. I, I can honestly say that 24-7, seven days a week, there are some sounds of Spectrosonics that are that – are, being played. Um, and that's really remarkable because of the fact that the sounds are really good, has such a strong legacy of just really great products. Um, I started using Spectrosonics back um, when it was CDs and you would buy the CD and you could mm-hmm. rip them and you could load them into your samplers and Nobody ever had the time to actually name them. <laughs> At least I didn't know I was a little lazy. So it would be like track one and you're like, wait, which group was that again? <laughs> It'd be like, you know, track 47, you know. But um, but basically, you know, um, you started off with um, sample CDs. But even before that, you were doing um, – you were the chief sound designer over at Roland, right? You That's were right, doing yeah. um, Huge, sounds for yeah. the um, the D50. Mm-hmm. Um, with great sounds like Fantasia and like uh, Digital Native Dance, and mm-hmm. uh, do you are there any sounds that are like your sounds that are on that or almost all of them? Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. I had the D fifty for about a year because um, I, I worked on you know the the waveforms and everything, and that was a really long project. So I had a D fifty before like anybody had it, and that was kind of like. That was um, sort of my entry into doing sessions too, uh, because I got to, I, you know, being fortunate to get to demo it for Roland, and I got to introduce it. I remember the the Nam show that I introduced the D fifty. The front row of one show was Quincy Jones, David Foster, uh, John Williams, <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Carlos, Roger Lynn. Um, Ray Kurzweil. It was just like the who's who. Literally, that was like the front row, and all I had to do was like hit digital native dance and just like the low C, and it was like great. I have work <laughs> because nobody else had a nobody else had a D fifty. Right. So if you wanted to use a D fifty, you actually had to call me. That's so great, and that's how I got to work I with Michael Jackson that. and I, all that kind of stuff. So I literally remember when I first when I heard the D fifty for the first time, and I was like. This is the most amazing keyboard because back in the day, you know, you're, you're, we're coming from DX7s and we're sure. coming from the analog world, the, the JX3Ps and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the Oberheim OBAs and all that. And, and those had that, those sounded cool, but it still was like, it still was very electronic and it still had that, that synthy thing about it. Mm-hmm. And the first time you played a D50, it was synthy, but it was organic. And I just remember just that. <laughs> Never heard anyone this, say that, that before. <laughs> you heard, when you heard Fantasia Shiny. for the first time and it was just it was just not just a sound. It was a sound that kind of rolled off and it kind of like told a little story. Digital native dance. I mean, mm-hmm. it really took sound design and keyboards to, to the next level. Um, Thank you. And I know the D50 and the, and the M1 were kind of, you know, going back and forth mm-hmm. and they were kind of duking it out. And, and um, but I just, I'll just never forget like, 
I mean, you could play any chord on some of those patches and you felt like a rock star. You know? I'll tell you one quick story too, which you may not know, but uh, the first time I heard a D50, I was at Guitar Center on Sunset Boulevard uh-huh. with Stevie Wonder and we were in there just shopping for stuff and the salesman, Mike Hightower was his name. Oh, well, I, remember I remember Mike. Mike, yeah, Mike was sure. awesome. Yeah. He right. showed us the D50 and uh, and – Stevie played with it for a little while and said, how many of these do you have? <laughs> yeah, right. And they said, we have six. And he said, I'll take them. All of them, right, yeah. yeah. That was back when he was doing 12 of each thing. Right, right? exactly. Yep. <laughs> Just bought the whole pile. Yep. So no one else at Guitar Center got to hear the D50 <laughs> for, for a little while. But it was a revolutionary thing. I mean, it was, yeah, it it was, was great. It was such a neat project to work on. It was that, amazing. I can't believe that you, most of the sounds are yours. I mean, how did you – because they don't all sound alike. There's a lot of different variety of sounds in there. Did you just yeah. – how did you approach that? Did you just like, okay, I'm going to start moving knobs and see what happens or – Well, it wasn't all me. There's another sound designer named Adrian Scott, a guy from Australia that I did um, – he, he did a bunch of them too. And um, – but I had – but I um, I spent like most of that year, I spent making those patches and it was only 64 patches. And so – and I remember um, like those were my – my personal patches, you know, they were like, these are the most important sounds. You know, this is like, <laughs> this is going to get me all this work. And this is my personal statement. And I was, they were so precious to me, you know? <laughs> and then I remember like, like, you know, this is, these are going to be so great. And so I was, I couldn't wait to sort of take them to sessions and, and use them. Mm-hmm. And then this American airlines commercial came on and used all of the stock patches. <laughs> <laughs> this one American airlines commercial. I'm like, I can't use these sounds. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I, these are my sounds, but now if I go do a session, people are going to be like, no, we don't want the stock sounds. It's like, yeah, right. but they're mine. <laughs> you know? And I was really, really bummed out about it for a while. And and I was like, man, you know, I've worked so hard on those. And, I mean, now they're just kind of used up. And, and then I had this realization. It's like, well. I guess I need to make some more sounds. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it's exactly. kind of it's kind of hilarious that I was so worried about like 64 patches. Yeah, it's like yeah. nothing. I mean, yeah. I've made I don't know, probably close to a million sounds since then. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's like there's there's not a, an end to creativity. Right. You know? yeah. And it was it was a great lesson. But let me just tell you from a back in the day cuz that's, you know, when I was first getting into keyboards, first getting keyboard teching, um there's a skill to sound design, especially for for a keyboard, and you have a really because you really got to know what you're listening to, how to affect it, what your effects are. You know, back in the days, you know, using envelopes, and then the D50 was not an easy keyboard to program. I remember mm-hmm. the first time I looked at, the, you know, I'm used to all the stuff that I'm used to, and you you start speaking digital, and you're like, what is this? You know, yeah. and and. Uh, as a matter of fact, the D50 had that programmer that you would get. Yeah, sure. PG did you have that? Yeah. Did you have that early on, or were yeah, you? yeah, oh, you did. did. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever just like, I'm just gonna move stuff. Okay, patch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> not, not really. But there is a, but there is some good randomness, you know, to yeah. to the D50 story. Yeah. Which, um, when we, what was funny was was um, when they first showed us a D50, it was you know it was this big reveal. You know, I was in Japan and. Roland is, you know, this is like the, the going to be the competitor of the DX7. Right. So this is kind of everything's riding on this. So they were talking about how, you know, the technology. And this was, they didn't play any sounds. It was just talking about partials and the, you know, the attack thing, and that you can make this amazing clarinet because you're you got this little, you know, <laughs> and then you're going to put this, you know, square wave with it. And it's going to sound like a perfect clarinet. 
they're talking about this and then they played it and I, it sounded so bad. <laughs> it was horrible. It sounded worse than any Casio you've ever heard. Oh, wow. And like our, we were, our faces just went white. We're like, oh my God. Like, we have to, we have to fix this because like we're going down if we don't. And so, um, so it was a really interesting process because the, the first thing was like, okay, first of all, like you've got to have some interesting sa- sounds, samples in there to, to work with. And right. so, so I had like my, all of my library of stuff that I was doing sessions with and, and, um, and then so we, we would put these, um, you know, we'd have to audition these in this NEC computer. It was like real early, you know, piece, Japanese PC kind of stuff. And, and, um, and so the guy who was doing it, we called him Mr. PCM. And so he would, um, he would put it in this NEC computer and he had this little sequencer and and he had made where he could sequence the attacks and would go <laughs> like that, and it would make us laugh every time he would do it. And he would and he would it was kind of keep you know because we were working all night all the right. time, and it would kind of keep the energy going. And and um, he would just continue to do this. So then we're um, we're playing one of the you know prototypes and and one of the latest um, ROMs they did um, for us. And and at the end there were all of these like extra waveforms at the end of the wavetable. And we hit, we hit the key and it was like, and it had, had all this crazy little sequence in it. And we're like, oh my gosh, you figured out how to put it in the keyboard. That's amazing. And so, and like, this is incredible. He goes, ah, very funny joke. Just joke. Very funny. And, and, and as I, I remove right away, just joke. And I said, no, you got to keep this in. And, and they were like, they're like, no, it's an error. Like I just programmed the chip to make an error to do that to give you that you know effect as a joke. Right. I'm like, no, make more of these. <laughs> this is like this is really like really cool, and we we should have one that has like these spectrum waves and and these attacks, and like I need four or five or more of those. And and so then they they kind of reluctantly did it, but I had to like go you know I had to really campaign hard to like don't remove those. They're really really great. There's but it, but it's it's wrong. It's like the chip is malfunctioning. And <laughs> that 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 sold the keyboard. I mean, right? Yeah, and that weird. and that that whole thing of the you know the thing at the end of digital native dance. That's that those errors, and that that's what you're hearing. <laughs> so and it's good. and that was you know, yeah, that's right. Amazing. It sold a lot of sold a lot of D fifties. I have to ask this when you when you get a patch, the naming of the patches yeah. are just like, do you? Are you just having a great time naming patches? I mean, do you name it? Does that great time? Name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the hardest things. I mean, I, I, I try to collect names, right. you know. So I'll, I'll take field trips and you know go to observatories <laughs> and <laughs> try to yeah. Some of the patch names are just hilarious and they're just they're fun and yeah. And actually, and I can imagine it's not an easy thing to do because you have to with words basically tell people what the patch is going to sound like mm-hmm. you know it's not just yeah. a rant you can't name it bob <laughs> you know well that's right there are inside yeah. jokes aspect yeah. of sonics there. No, there, are, no, but, there is right. arturo the duck exactly <laughs> You're right. You're right. Well, look, uh, the D50 was great. I got to mention one more keyboard because sure. this keyboard was near and dear to me. And if you were a touring musician in the 90s, you did any R&B stuff, that's the JD800. Like, yeah. That was oh, yeah. the rolling keyboard. And um, the patch that was like the sound of R&B was Crystal Rhodes. That yeah. Was, like, was yeah. that yours? Was yeah. that somebody else? Yeah, I did all those patches. 
<laughs> Crystal Rhodes, you still hear that patch all yeah. the time. We have it in Keyscape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was like – how was it programming that? Because that's obviously a whole different ball of um, – That particular sound or that keyboard? That keyboard. Actually, that sound too. What were you yeah. looking for on that particular sound? Well, I was doing – you know, I was doing a lot of sessions doing all of those those kinds of things. And so I had my – I had, you know, about – Two or three thousand DX7 sounds that I programmed that that I didn't release, but that's what I would do sessions with and layer those with MIDI roads and and MKS20 and you know that that formula of like getting that that sound. And so I wanted to have something like that that was that was in you know the JD that would be like yeah it's like that thing. So I, I you know I sampled um, the um, I sampled some of those patches from from the DX7. And then you know our loop, you had to have really short loops. I think, gosh, yeah, the entire the entire memory of the JD800 was four megabytes. Wow! And I think one of the megabytes was the piano, which had four samples. Wow! <laughs> and no velocities, no round robins, <laughs> and um, so yeah, it was really hard. I think I think so. It was just like there was just the attack, and then a and then it looped like right after that. Cool. So, um, but yeah, then you know we had different. Different wavetables and but that was an yeah that was an important sound to get right. I was I I toured with um well that time I was with Guy and then I also toured with SWV and with Silk and all these mm-hmm. R and B New York acts and literally on the rider whenever we went anywhere we had to make sure we had a, a JD eight hundred and uh-huh. we had to make sure it had Crystal Rhodes because yeah. that was like they could do the whole show with yep. that one patch it was the the sound of R and B at that time yeah 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 so it's kind of fun it was it's it's been weird with Keyscape. To I there's samples of the projects I did for Roland, right? You know, so there's samples of the MKS20 that I did. There's samples of the of the JD800 and the MK80, and it's like it's weird. I'm like explaining like these are you know these this legacy is like stuff that I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like weird. It's like and we and it's it's a vintage digital section. Yeah, yeah. as soon as they call your stuff vintage, everyone vintage makes digital. you feel young, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. It's like, that's how you know you're getting old. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the was it Bank One program one type thing. What was the like the big distorted Guitari type on on um on the JD hundred? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Whale, Wailing guitar. Yeah, I think I I used on movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cool. I'd be boom, and I'm like, I need to move the speakers. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and I just went. I mean, I probably probably went to Rob's house. Right, know? right, right. And there um, was a there was a guy that I worked with on um, a Sergio Mendes record, um, Carlinos Brown, who was insane. This total just maniac guy, and he I had I had Wailing guitar set up in the studio, and he was he cranked up the big monitors all the way up. And I came in one morning, and he was just literally like just losing his mind and like playing. He was doing like Hendrix um, "Star Spangled Banner," like <laughs> just like bleeding level. And uh, yeah, it was that was quite a sight. And he had you know he was from he was from the Amazon. Like they they plucked him like right out of the Amazon, put him on a plane, and he was like had no shoes or pants on. It was just man. But that, that was, was fun. That was it was, was a, such a great keyboard, and it had such great sounds. And there Thank was you. there's nothing like it. Um, it was easy to program because you had all those sliders, you yeah, had all those faders, and it was just it was really great. And and that was you know for me in my career it was really super important because cool. anytime a keyboard player you know asked me for just a suggestion, I go oh yeah just go here it's Crystal Rhodes like yeah yeah you know so it was, you know it's interesting is that that was a big failure for Roland. Was it really? Yep. Yeah, Shade 800? Yeah, that was considered one of the great – like no one would claim that they made that. 
at Rollin really because it was considered such a big failure. I, I never worked a tour where they didn't have one. Of, of course, us. yeah. It was like because what, what happened was is, is that they were expecting like D fifty level sales, oh. and uh, that and it wasn't that time. No, and it was it was a little more expensive, and there was yeah. lots of other products and stuff, and so. All the pros got it and were using it and loved it, but they were expecting like this certain sales level. And so it was like JD100 equals shame. Wow, that's <laughs> amazing. Wow. It was really, wow. yeah. It was like, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty strange. Was, um, so had you done the MKS20, the piano yeah. module? You yeah. did that? Yeah. I just have to tell you that for anybody who doesn't know, the MKS20 was the piano sound or electric piano sound, yeah. especially yeah. with the chorus and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We used it so much that I started working with producers who had a moratorium on it. You're like, right. I've made a thousand records with it. I need to do something different. Something yeah. different. Right? It just became so endearing to everything. It was yeah. the most amazing, perfect sort of chorus electric piano sound. Yeah, yeah. that was the other thing. You JD had an MKS twenty, and and if you saw a live band in an arena show, mm-hmm. odds are that. A uh, grand piano that they had on stage was not was, a grand piano. Right, yeah. it was triggering a MPS twenty. Yeah, it was triggering an MPS twenty. To this day, yeah. Elton John does wow. he really? To this day, piano three. When you hear him play, he's got a giant grand piano. You're not hearing. It. <laughs> no. It's still an MKS twenty. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we got to move on because I want to talk. About, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, sure, I'm not going to. You know, Eric, there's online, and we'll put some links. There's some. Eric has some great interviews about you know how he got into Spectrosonics and and the fact that him and his wife started it and uh, you know you were the shipping and receiving and burning um, the discs and mm-hmm. the, that talking about the Nam interview particularly yeah that yeah, you yeah. Did. that's a really great one so we'll, we'll link to that um, but you were doing this stuff when you started Spectrosonics back where I love the part where you talked about. You know, the burner costs like $23,000. Right? Yeah. And yeah, the yeah, CDs yeah. were like $350. $350 for each CD. And it, and you had about a 10 to 1 failure rate. That's right. Wow. So it's really expensive to burn a CD. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spectrosonic started and there's some great libraries that everybody had used um, from Spectrosonics. And I'm talking about things like um, – Bizarre Guitar and Hans Zimmer and the Bass Legends mm-hmm. um, and Distorted Reality. You still hear Distorted Reality all yeah, over the place. Yeah, I know. All yeah. over the place. Sonic Boom. And, and you came out and I remember, um, you know, we won't quite go that far back because that was – the brilliant thing was is using some of those sounds on like the uh, Roland um, 760 sampler. Mm-hmm. That was like – at that time, not a lot of people were programming for the role in 760, and mm-hmm. you came out with these libraries and you know Vocal Planet and all that stuff, and it would just it sounded so good. I mean, the Roland sampler, that Roland sampler was probably the best sounding sampler at that They're time. They were great, even though the the um, the Akai S900 was like the king, you know, and the S1000, it just didn't sound nearly as good as the the 760, and. And so I remember, you know, using all those sounds and, and back in the day. And then really atmosphere, you know, with Stylus yeah. come out and then atmosphere. Stylus was great. It was, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, the rhythms and the textures. And and then – but I remember when atmosphere, that was like – that was another life-changing like, oh, my gosh. Because that's it, – it was almost like that product gave a lot of legitimacy to – Virtual instruments because it took them cool. to mm-hmm. another level. And I, and what well, was a real musical instrument? Yes, it wasn't it was just a science experiment. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I heard, um, you know, the warm pads, like the warmth of some of those pads, where you would just, for the first time, not only could you like 
play really cool sounds, but they were inspiring. Yeah. I mean, literally, you could write – like, I could write way better than I really am. <laughs> <laughs> just, they, they kind of evolved as – you know, you play, you, you play the patch and you're just like – Okay, man, and then it yeah. just goes through a whole different motion. You know, it just mm-hmm. didn't. It wasn't just a static thing. It was like a moving, alive. It was, and then it was like, oh man, I can make a song. I'm yeah. gonna play this, this patch, and then it just triggered a whole yeah. other ideas. Same thing with the with um, stylus. You know, you just play a loop, and then it's like you could even use that as the inspiration and maybe even take the loop out and use something right. different but it was it would trigger such things it's amazing that's what was the real t- I'll take you guys on the road and you can just <laughs> <laughs> no but it's but it's, it's true. a cheerleading slot starting, yeah, totally. with, starting yeah. with atmosphere um, I remember uh, one of the first um, musicians that I worked with which actually was Martin Page who's mm-hmm. who's part of the podcast um, I got him I said Martin you have to get this plugin you have to it's just just buy it and so he bought it and he was like just blown away. And it was – it's so emotional. And like it's one of the few times that I remember where when I first got it and I was playing it where it was emotional. You could literally like – I, I could get – I could play stuff like could put a little lump in my throat. And, <laughs> and that was oh, cool. just so – and then when I heard the Hollywood string section, you know, and at that time – there wasn't a lot of good Hollywood. There wasn't a lot mm-hmm. of good big orchestra strings, you know? And you play that and you're like, I've got a string section. I've got a real <laughs> sounding string section. And um, But I wanted to ask you, now that I've totally built that up, <laughs> <laughs> two things. Number one, um, how much flack did you get for the 19-hour install for Because <laughs> it just seemed like it took a long – like six hours to load. It was it was Oh, with, it, with a CD joiner exactly, and all that, that stuff. Exactly, that whole yeah. thing. That was like – it was well worth it. But I remember yeah. anytime I had to reinstall it, it's like, sure. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's come a long way since then. It's come sure. a long way. Yeah. But that was like – literally, it took like four, four hours, I think, to yeah. install everything. Um, and that when you – when you released the product and you realized that was going to be the install, um, did you ever think about that? Did you ever think that people would be like, are they going to want to do this for – Oh, of course. You know? Oh, yeah. You're always balancing. You're trying to push the push the envelope of what of what the current technology is. Right. But then, you know, like – and now it's the downloads are so so big. And mm-hmm. Did you uh, know it was going to be as big of a, a, a deal as it ended up being when Atmosphere first came out? Did you, did you have a, a – inkling that it was just going to make that big of an impact? Well, the funny thing is, is this is how Diego and I met is um, literally I get this email from, and it's like, I would like to meet you. I'm coming to the um, United States. I would like to meet you. (laughs) You don't have to do the accent. I'm I'm doing it lightly. I love that your emails have an accent. Yeah, that's right. No, actually, was it an email? It was was an email. And at that that time, I was the only person reading the emails. Yeah. And so um, I wrote it with Babel Fish because I, I couldn't speak English at the time. <laughs> yeah, so it did have an accent. Okay, so it did have an accent. Yeah, yeah, for, for, yeah. And so, um, so I opened. So, and we were we were in our house um, about four or five blocks from here, hmm. wow. and uh, we had the entire everything in, in the house. And um, so Diego knocks on the door. And there's there's this little Italian guy like <laughs> <laughs> out in front and. And uh, and he brings me this, you know, this demo, and it's like, and so so we go back and we we go back to the studio and talk, and my wife's in the kitchen, and and um, and 
And his demo is like amazing. It's totally mind-boggling. Like, it sounds so great. And he's got these ambiences and grooves and and it's really, really special. And um, so uh, – and we had made the decision at that point. We had already made the decision that we this is what we were going to do. And like we were going to like go for, you know, doing virtual instruments and like – um, so it was a, it was a big moment, but the, but the, but I, I was like, how, I, you know, how we get three virtual instruments, how am I going to do all the sounds? Right. How am I going to do thousands of sounds for each of these? Like by myself, I'm going to lose my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so anyway, so Diego's talking about this library he wants to do. And, and, um, so I said, hang on a second. And I said, and I went in the kitchen and I said to my <laughs> wife and I said, I said, so, this guy's a little crazy, <laughs> but he's really cool and he's really good. And I think that he could I think that he could help. Like I think he could be a big help. But I just met him. He's literally just walked in the door and we've just been talking for for about an hour. And uh she, you know, and we hadn't told anybody. Like nobody knew about the virtual instrument plant. It was like super mm-hmm. super secret. And we were we were already working on it and stuff, but I was freaking out kind of about the sound thing and and um, and I said, should I tell him? And she goes, yeah, he seems okay. <laughs> go ahead. And so I go back and, and Diego's sitting there. I said, okay, so I'm going to tell you something. Spectrosonics is never going to make another sample library. And I he's like, the- what? Because <laughs> right? that's all we did at that point. Right? Right, like, right. We're never going to make another sample library. I'm like, why? why? What? What's happening? Why? Why is that? Like, we're going to do something totally new. And uh, – and yeah, I want you to be involved, and that's how that's how we get started. And then he went back to to Italy, and then we did uh, you know stuff over over the internet. And yeah, was all that, that sort of was stuff. that uh, stylus or was that um, that was for for atmosphere and stylus? That was our mix. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, we, the groove stuff waited. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's how good the groove stuff was because that was that was almost three or four years later. Yeah, yeah. that that stuff came out, and the, yeah. and that was like the basis of the RMX library was his stuff. That's that's really cool. That's, yeah, that's a great because let me tell you, Stylus was great. Stylus RMX was just phenomenal. Oh, it was a whole different I, level. It's just a, it, it, you know, it got you thinking about um, rhythm in a different way, and mm-hmm. and you're both the atmosphere and stylus. You know, you put that one-two punch together, and it was great and horrible at the same time. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great because it like. You know, you could do all these really cool, interesting things and make all these cool textures, but it was horrible in the fact that it elevated people thinking they were musicians who, uh, who shouldn't have shouldn't be making well. music. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, uh, and in all truthfulness, um, I got to give credit to Bliss. We were talking about sounds, and and I was showing her stylus and everything, and she's like. Well, wow, this oh, cool. is this is great and horrible. <laughs> the same time. Sure. Yeah, uh, but still, when there's a real musician, I remember when Stevie Wonder came. Yeah, that was amazing. And played uh, the original stylus. Mm-hmm. He played. That with was the an menu. amazing. Yeah, it was, it was like, an amazing moment. Okay, this it's mind blowing. Put his hands on the instrument for the first time, figures it out right, right. away, and got it. Makes right. Yeah, you were there. I was, oh, yeah, I, that was, I was yeah. the one who brought him there. Exactly. Right. And then it became my job to figure out how to use it with. Without having to see it, which is not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> right, right. But no, he loved it. I mean, he used it on a ton of uh, productions. Yeah, that was a great moment. That was the very end of the first damn show 
that we introduced virtual instruments. Mm. And that was right at the end. And we had that big sing-along. Oh, yeah. that's right. And I, it was, oh, that, that was amazing. That was an that amazing show. moment. Yeah. What yeah, year would that have been? A thousand people, I think, we had in the booth at that moment. It was like, what year that, would that, that have been? That was um, 2002. Okay. 2002, right, yeah. 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 Um, once, you know, once Stylus got going and then Atmosphere got going. Yeah. Right? Um, and then Atmosphere blows out to what it is. I mean, it's like, it's crazy because... You know, Atmosphere was the product that you like. Of course, you had Atmosphere. You had this, this. You know, you had some native instruments, and you had some of this, and you had some of that. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, um, in the industry, in the virtual instrument industry, mm-hmm. you, it seems to me that it's not like, even though it's competitive, right, with other products. Mm-hmm. You're not really competing against other products because everybody kind of has their own little slice of, of pie. And do you do you talk to other manufacturers? Do you, do you have relationships sure. with other other people? I mean, because you got the guys yeah. like, you know, the guys at Output that are doing their stuff right now. Sure, they're they're kind of taking off, and but that's totally different from like Atmosphere and what's mm-hmm. happening there. And you've got you know the Native Instruments people sure. and what they're doing, and, and then you get all these little boutiques and Rob um, the Rob Papin stuff that's been around sure. forever and all this stuff. Um, do you feel – I mean is it – it just doesn't seem like as part of the music industry that, that there's not that cutthroat you know, competitiveness against all these other people. I would, no, it's highly competitive. It's highly is competitive. It? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But in a good way. OK. Um, because, because the standard is always going up and, you, and you, you cannot rest on your laurels. You can't, well, oh, I, I made that sound or whatever. Yeah. No, like we have to push our we're pushing ourselves constantly, I, and it's because the other it's products true. are getting better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like, oh dang, you know, ah, they did that idea. I, I just that. feel it's like <laughs> I just feel like as a consumer, I never ever think, oh, I, if I get this, I can't get that. I'm more like, yeah, right. I want to get this, and, and I'm going to get yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my best consumer. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's also priced. I remember as a student between profits and uh, like. Jupiter Six. Yeah, right. I saw Jupiter Six at Wurlitzer's when I was at Berkeley, and I had you know it was like twenty five hundred bucks or mm-hmm. five thousand bucks. It was so much I couldn't afford it. So my girlfriend, which then became my wife, bought me the little sales tag that said what it was because that's all I could could afford. In those days, you could afford one <laughs> or two keyboards, and that's it. Yeah. Right. I think what's great now is you can afford an amazing library. You can have ten of them. Sure. And it's not that crazy. Yeah. So I think I mean because I, I know I'm that person where I'll go. Well, that's good. Well, that's good too. Well, that's yeah. good. Too. I'll buy them all. Yeah, yeah. Because they they are affordable rather than spending ten grand. You spend a couple grand, but the, you know, the public has gotten spoiled though with what they think is expensive. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're like yeah. we're like the Rolls Royce of yeah. Yeah. virtual <laughs> instruments now. Yeah. Go back to there's what literally as no nothing more expensive than our products now. No, is I that know. true? But oh yeah. Well, we're we're what we're uh, four times the price of Logic. Wow. For one instrument? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for well, all one instrument that's one a million instrument. instruments. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, yeah. A million patches. <laughs> but compared there, right? to what used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, try to buy a Synclavier back in 1986. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah, what's expensive. You got to talk you know? to the bank first. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, do I get a house or a keyboard? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. House keyboard? or a keyboard? The house <laughs> <Yeah>. was cheaper. <laughs> exactly. Oh, in the, in the get day. The house. Um, well, you know, that's, that's interesting because, like I, I said, uh, it just seems like, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't see like I'm replacing anything. One thing I wanted to ask you though, um, let me back up. After, after Atmosphere, we have to get into Omnisphere because um, mm-hmm. I remember when Omnisphere came out and that was that was just 
you know, you were mind was blown with atmosphere. Atmosphere comes out, and you're like, oh my goodness! And now you know that this is sound at a different level. You're doing different things, and then I'm going to fast forward because then Omnisphere two came out, and mm-hmm. Omnisphere two came out, and now you can get in there. You can, you know, with programming your LFOs and doing all that stuff and the samples and everything, and and you it. It became so much more than just a sound module. It became a space to really create these these keyscapes and really create these these um, just just sounds and mm-hmm. and that's where we actually the podcast we met Diego because oh, nice. of Omnisphere Two because uh-huh. Brandon who was on our panel oh yeah um, me and Brandon I remember when Omnisphere Two came out and we're like oh my god guys and we're up there we're <laughs> geeking out and yeah and uh, and we're just going to patches and we're talking and like this, you know, burning piano. And he's like, yeah, there's this sound designer. And he's like, really cool. And we're watching all your videos. Yeah. Diego, and, all <laughs> like that. and Brandon's like, oh, I got to meet this guy. And I said, and I go, well, invite him on the podcast. Yeah. And, and Brandon reached out, sent an email. And next thing you know, it, Diego shows up and it was like, it was with, right. ash, with a bag of ashes. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my piano. No, but it's just, it's so but cool. Do you want to hear the story of the burning piano? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So Eric knows that I take things quite literally, mm-hmm. okay, especially when it comes to sound. So one day I made a patch that was a piano with a distortion. And we were sharing sounds, you know, for feedback. And, and Eric asks, so did you actually burn the piano? And I go, no, it's just a distortion. And he replies, ah. <laughs> and my reply was hold on <laughs> I forgot about that yeah. that's true and that's then true. after a week I sent him the sound the video. with the video, with the video. I said, Eric I'm like, oh I actually burned the piano he goes you're insane I, yeah. I know but you gotta check this out yeah. it was the f- most fun yeah. session it was insane that, that's insane yeah, yeah and that was one of the ones that we and Brandon, we were like, just like, oh, this is great. We got to, we got to meet this guy, and yeah. we got to talk to him. And then, uh, and one of the stories that I liked when you were on the podcast and we talked about this, when you were saying that you got feedback from people because they were upset. Oh my burned, god, you burned the yeah. piano, right, right, right. Still to these days, sometimes, yeah, because uh, we don't know. Sometimes is it worth mentioning it or not? Because <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want to take the the comments. You know, some people sure. And I explained it before, you can go to warehouses where they rent pianos and get pianos for free. Right. You just pay for transportations because they, they're broken. Yeah. Yeah. And well, you know, there's, there's people that will make a, co- a negative comment about, <laughs> about it. Anything. Well, you know, somebody said about music from a tree. How uh, cruel can you be to beat the tree like that? If I see you in person, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm like, okay, that is perfectly logical. You're so anti-violence that you're going to kill me. So, great. Thank you, YouTube. All I can tell you is if you're ever in a dark alley and you see a pine tree at the other end, (laughs) turn around and run. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, Spectrosonics is, you know, it's just responsible for so many great sounds and so many, like, we haven't even talked about your your bass stuff. I mean, starting with bass legends and, you know, going all the way back and even your, um, you know, your the bass, the virtual instruments, your first mm-hmm. virtual instruments. Trilogy. And, and, yeah, Trilogy, Trilogy. and Trillium. Um, but let me ask you, when you when you bring one of these things to market, mm-hmm. um, you have so many patches, thousands and thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of patches. Um 
how do you do that? How does that work? How long does that take? Uh, you know, it just it's been a ton of work and a ton of hours. And oh yeah, and they're all unique. They're not. You know, you don't. You know, some synth manufacturers you basically buy. You know, this. 14 patches and everything else is a version of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and, and these are all unique and you've got arpeggiations and you've got all kinds of stuff. Tell us a little bit about, you know, just the banks and sound design for that. Yeah. Well, we, we spent a lot of time doing that. And what was exciting about Omnisphere was really being able to do, uh, combine what I did, um, in the old days for Roland and being involved in, in developing synthesizers with Roland. Now I could actually make my own synthesizer. And we had our own coding team, and it was like, so Omnisphere was really the first synth that was like designed. The entire thing is it's it's our own technology, it's our own engine, and being able to marry, you know, the innovation and um, uh, sound sculpting tools, you know, the engines that do everything, and all the different effects processors and all of that kind of stuff with um, with the sampling and the synthesis. And the interface and all of that, um, then that lets us create something that that um, is a whole experience. And so we spent it. Yeah, we spent a ridiculous amount of time. Um, How long does it take? I mean, if you were well, it's it's. Man, a, I mean, it's a, it's a cul- yeah, it's a culmination of. Um, I mean, Omnisphere One was was a culmination of everything that I had done really up to that point. Wow. Um, because most, you know, a lot of the sample libraries are are in Omnisphere, and right. that's even that entire like all of the '90s and stuff. That's like a tiny percentage of yeah. what's in um, Omnisphere. So we're and we have a we have a, a you know a, a, a team of people that are, are doing things. It's not just me anymore. Right. So I'm I'm overseeing a lot of really amazing people um, that are that are creating stuff and, and we feed off each other, you know, we're always, um, inspiring each other. Um, and so, and that, and that's a really important aspect of it. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm directing those people right? and I'm creating too, but it's, it's not just me. It's, it's lots of people now. Do you listen to every single sound? Of course. Okay. And so yeah. and you get feedback on every single sound, I would imagine. Of course. You, yeah, okay. absolutely. That, yeah. That's... We record, we record everything. And, and actually what, uh, what we release is probably, I don't know, maybe one twenty fifth of what we create. Wow. Yeah. And that's really our secret. If you want to know the secret is, we don't release everything that we create. Uh, we're brutal on editing. Diego will tell you. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That's that's a great that's a great point because that's a great lesson because you know a lot of times um, people don't self edit and yeah absolutely um, and the fact that you guys can self edit and you can leave stuff out. Well, one thing for example, well, that, there are crazy sounds that. Unfortunately, didn't make the cut. Yeah. The most famous is Arturo the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> so one night I was very excited. I got this uh, toy for dogs, okay? The squeaky, squeaky kind, you know? And I sampled it so accurately, like multiple velocities and all. And I sent it to Eric. I was expecting He's going to say, man, this is great. And Eric goes, are you serious? <laughs> you know, but Eric, but check it out. It's really wide, this stereo, and it's really... Goes, did you play it? You should hear it. It's yeah, horrible. did you play it? I, go, <laughs> I was like, oh. man. <laughs> <Don't listen. laughs> I know. But, he, but the story was a good story. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but a good lesson that came out of that was that you make a lot of sounds, but then you have to actually play them. Right. And yeah, yeah. that's when you can tell if they work inside the synthesizer. Because as a sample 
it can be a great piece of, um, in fact, this was one of the first things that I learned from Eric. Right. You're making like a little, like a, a little sound design piece of music, but does it work well as a sample? Okay. Can people make something out of this mm-hmm. for their yeah. own music? You know? you know, that's a great point because I want to say that Eric not only is a great sound designer, but you're a really great keyboard player. Oh, thank you. You really that's are. Very I've, nice I've of you to say. I've seen the demos that you've done and you've got you've got some great little funk there, man. You can you can hold your own. <laughs> oh, thank you. You and Rob together, that would be one funky little <laughs> yeah. The funky white boys. <laughs> <laughs> one of these years. <laughs> that's right. But no, but you know what? That it totally makes sense from what you're saying because yeah. the fact that you are such a good keyboard player and then you came from you know, the studio and you came from being a hired gun sure. allows you to have expertise as to how this sound is going to fit in a, in a musical piece. You, yeah. You we're making musical instruments. Exactly. So do you still play music? Do you Absolutely. Still like, do you of still course. like doing sessions? Or? Uh, well, I don't have too much time to do sessions. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, love playing and playing live and stuff for sure. Um, so, we need to we need to go forward because also we'll be here all night. But uh, <laughs> you know, Omnisphere Two comes out and it's mm-hmm. great and everybody loves it, and um, and things are rolling. Um, at what point in Spectrosonics did you ever, did you realize that like like you were a pillar? Did you do you ever think about yourselves? Because you guys are literally there's certain companies that you can think about when it comes to VSTIs, and you know you've got. Spectrosonics, but then you know, and then you've got your native instruments, and you've got you know some of the other guys that are out there. Um, but did you is, did you ever come to a point in your with the company where like this is like going some pretty cool places, and this is this is really this is really cool. I I don't I mean I appreciate you say that. that's very kind. It's of you. so true though. <laughs> I mean it's it's like you're you're literally you're a pillar. The company is a pillar of electronic music. I mean, there are artists out there that wouldn't exist, especially when it comes to some of the chill lounge and some of the, you know, even some of the house stuff and without Spectre Sonics, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I think that, I think that part of the, um, part of being in such a dynamic field and there's so many great people, there's so many great, um, like I was saying about being pushed, you know, that, that's, that's what I'm interested in is I'm interested in that next thing of like, okay, great. I've done that, but now I got to reinvent myself again. And mm-hmm. that, and I have to, and I, and I have to, you know, what's the next thing and, right. and all of that. So, so that, that's where my head is, you know, it's, I, if I'm, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I'm, I'm, it's so great, you know, how that it, people have reacted to it. And especially like what you said about um, how you felt uh, uh, emotionally about it because that's something that's that's how I that's how I, I I judge the sounds is like I have to feel a certain way before you know it it goes in it's like and if I'm not getting that feeling or if I lost that feeling um, like actually in, in in atmosphere there was a moment Rob's gonna like this story mm-hmm. um, there was a moment where I was working on atmosphere I've been working on it for about a year or six months something like that long time. And the feeling wasn't there. And like the feeling was gone. And I'm like, is it my mood? What is it? I'm not getting the goosebumps. Something's changed. And it's weird. It must just be like I'm burnt out or I need a break or something like that. But I'm not getting the Jones. I'm not just, (laughs) it's not that doing it for me. 
And I directed my, I, I directed my, um, I had a folder of looped samples and a folder of unlooped samples. You probably remember this. And um, I directed it to the unlooped samples, and suddenly all of the, all of the feelings came back. Hmm. And like, and I could, and I could feel. It. I'm like, wait a minute, like what? And like, so I directed it back to the loop samples, and everything was gone. Like, I, I, and I'm like, wait, why? Like, what, what's going on? And I made this horrible discovery because we were about a month away from release and i found out that that the program infinity mm-hmm. um which is what everybody in the industry uses right, right. screws up the audio and nobody knows that oh man and infinity was it was created by um uh, uh andy uh, hildebrandt the guy who made autotune right and so and that was like the first thing he did and it loops just like it was so fantastic so smooth and so i made this horrible discovery that that and and we had been using it for for a long time at Roland and you know everybody kind of used it so it was like, but I traced the problem down to it's infinity. Wow, infinity oh, wow. is is taking air out of the sound. It's messing with the stereo image, and and if I looped the same sound in peak, mm-hmm. it was fine. It didn't it didn't alter the sound. Somebody's oh my god, I got to re loop every <laughs> oh, thousands oh. of samples. <laughs> And we found out that it also removed low end. Wow. So all of the stuff we did in oh. Trillion, yeah, or not Trillion, Trilogy, Trilogy. at the time, um, that meant that we had to hand splice the attacks because uh, it was like it was okay once it got to the loop, but it, but it, it messed up not just the loop sound; it messed up the entire waveform. Wow! So it was like, and it's and it, and, it, and it took something. It went from being like magic to being good, mm-hmm. and it like. That's not good enough. It's no, like, right. like we, we worked really hard to make the magic. So we hand spliced all of the um, trilogy waves and, and figured out like what the, the, the sample numbers were mm-hmm. and like hand spliced all the attacks onto every sample. Uh, because like for uh, at the time, like for um, trilogy, that was the only thing that could actually loop those sounds. Right. So, so, but anyway, that's like we go to like pretty crazy lengths. Um, but it's the it's that feeling, it's the emotion that that is that's driving. It's it's like you know, it's not just like a measuring stuff. Sure. And how many how many samples did you have to go and do that to? Like millions, hundreds of thousands? Uh, let's see. Well, it was probably yeah, it was it was probably a hundred thousand, maybe something like that. That is just unbelievable. Yeah, and it was and it was we didn't have like a lot of people, so it was like this is really bad news, and <laughs> and that was why the products were delayed. No wow. kidding. Yeah, that's why they didn't come out on time. Um, and, you know, a lot of other but, things, too. Look, but, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'll that's you, a good one, though. I'll tell you this. The first time I played Afterglow, you know, it was like, you know, and still some of those worn pads. It was yeah. Totally worth it. So yeah, that's it's really, totally worth it for Mike to have had you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But, but the nice thing is then, you know, now I, I know, and it's like when it made, those sounds have made the journey to Omnisphere, and they're still being used, and it's like, I know, it's like, yeah, that's that's the best that's the best they could be represented. So are you using a lot of your own proprietary tools now? Or? Yes. Yeah. Because at this point, you must have some great stuff. Yeah. We have all, you know, we use a lot of proprietary stuff. Yeah. Let me talk about really quick. Um, I'm, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about Keyscape, mm-hmm. um, which is your latest product. Um, and it's like f- the keyword module to end all keyword modules. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the just the the philosophy and the development of sure. Yeah, it was a very big project. So that this is a ten year project. 
Wow. So um, it's it's the largest uh, selection of collector keyboards uh, in the world. And the process involved um, sourcing all of these uh, super rare instruments. There's a lot of keyboards that um, most people have never heard of or didn't know existed, things like the Dulciola, right. um, the Dulcitone, um, you know, uh, Lots of things from Eastern Europe that were hidden behind the Iron Curtain. That uh, well, we have the the first um, guitar, uh, wow. which is the Weltmeister Bassett, which was 1963. It was the very first guitar, <laughs> and it's wow. an electromechanical bass instrument. Wow. And no one knows about it because it was it was a um, East East German keyboard. And so there's lots and lots of rare rare things, and um, every one of these instruments um, we had to research the history of we had to f- find them um, we we have um, one of the only uh, the the Rhodes pre piano which is 1946 wow so most people think the Rhodes started in the 70s or the maybe the late 60s but actually started in 1946 and so um, Harold Rhodes was uh, I won't t- tell the whole story but he basically made the Rhodes when he was in in the war and he, he, the strips that came off, the metal strips that came off of the aircraft carrier, he turned, he cut these things up and made tines, hmm. and like, and turned and created the the electric piano for um, servicemen to have on their hospital beds when they, you know, were amputees and wow. stuff, so that they could learn music. Wow. And so that was the beginning of that was the beginning of the roads. And then when he came home, he got the um, Congressional Medal of Honor, and then he was trying to figure out what he was going to do with this. <laughs> And so he thought, well, I could maybe I could sell some of these to to LA Unified because the the Rhodes is a Los Angeles story, and because uh, it all happened here in Los Angeles. Wow! And so so he he made he made these um, Rhodes pre pianos, and he said, I'll put a little tube amp in it, and then that way you know kids will be able to learn piano. And he hand built these things; they're little tiny things. And um, so because we're in Los Angeles, there are a couple of these like still left. And so, so I actually, but I, but I had to get about four or five of them. So it took many, many years and many attempts to find one that still worked. And then each one of these instruments, we have, we have instruments from the 1500s, 1600s, you know, all these different eras. And every one of them, we had to find people that would, that can work on them sure. and like create, you know, create parts. And right. so it was a big mechanical project too and then getting them to the point where they sound good and where they where you you know the tones are good and uh, you know a lot of it was a lot of experimenting and um, so yeah so it was a big 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 project and the biggest surprise of all was is that we were able to keep it a secret for 10 years (laughs) and uh, and we were and we were able to keep a secret all the way to the all the way to the launch day even people coming to the launch party didn't know what it was going to be Wow. And um, see, a couple times we almost had Diego talking. Oh, we sure. Were, <laughs> we, were, yeah. we, were, we were holding him down and go, tell us, tell us. But no, he kept his mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great product. I mean, the, um, the videos that are online and when you're, when you're describing it, and uh, it's, I'm, I'm just blown away by how many keywords you got. And now to know that you had to sample some of your old patches and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's, and it's funny. Um, yeah, recreating, you know, 
going back and cleaning all that stuff up. And it was really funny when we when it came out. The there was uh, this giant uproar in the gospel community because like the MKS twenty is still like this huge thing amongst the gospel players. Yeah, and they were saying it doesn't sound realistic. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't sound realistic? <laughs> like, I made it. <laughs> I made the original. Okay? <laughs> you wouldn't believe how crazy we went. And, and, and so, but we started this dialogue, and it was really neat because for the first time, uh, like with Facebook Live and everything, right. and, and everything, I was able to actually interact with people, and they were saying, yeah, no, there's something wrong with it. It doesn't sound like this record. And I realized, oh, the patch that I sampled on the MKS-20 was my my personal patch, the uh, patch that they use is the default patch where everything is flat. <laughs> right. And I had my like tweaked up version yeah. that I yeah. use for, for like doing Whitney Houston ballads and stuff like that. Right. But they use it flat and they play it really hard. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I, with the engine and stuff, I was able to like get that that sound and then we were able to come out with like a a gospel set so there's like there's a pop set of mks20 and then there's a gospel set and then they were all very happy so wow uh, that's that's fantastic well hey listen i want to um so we're not here all night i want to encourage everybody um you should go online look for the nam interview with eric and you get a little bit of backstory of of um spectrasonics and what he went through to just get start the company and then go to their website because you'll read all about the the history of the company and things like that but Eric, I just want to thank you so much for being here. I oh, mean, it's my pleasure. It, it took 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we finally got you. Um, real quick story. I I almost came up and asked you to be on the podcast at NAMM this year. Uh-huh. And I went over to the uh, to the booth, your booth, and I was like, oh, I'm going to – Ask Eric. I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce myself. I'm gonna ask Eric. I was gonna throw Diego's name around left and right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, I would have definitely said no. no come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I go. I that do, guy. <laughs> I go over to to introduce myself, um, and I've noticed there's this big giant crowd over at your booth. Oh I'm yeah. Like, why is there a big crowd? And so I go over there and I make my way and Stevie Wonder is on the stage yeah. playing. <laughs> yeah, playing Keyscape. That was Keyscape. a great moment. And then I see you coming and you have this look like, okay, how am I going to make my way up to this Oh, stage? yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. It was, it was oh, so it's mayhem. mayhem. And I was thinking, yeah. this probably isn't the best time <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to introduce Yeah, myself. that was like a, definitely a panic, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a great moment. But it was a great moment. He was there. He was playing some really cool stuff. And you, yeah, you sang with everybody. Up, yeah, you finally made it up to the stage, and uh, it was really great. But yeah, so I just want to tell you that I almost introduced you. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to meet you. But uh, thank you so much for uh, for being here. And, um, My pleasure. Really quick before we go, let's uh, – Rob, you working on anything you can talk about? Uh, oh, you're switching gears. Yeah, oh. I'm working on a huge sample library. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not true. Have fun. Working on? <laughs> yeah, have fun. Uh, at the moment, I've actually been playing – it's a long story I won't go into here, but I've actually been playing live a little bit, which I had nice. not been doing for a while. But I've been traveling the country for things that have nothing to do with me playing live, but I, I've ended up on stage now in New York and Florida a few times. Oh, nice. Just with people sort of egging me on and wanting me to sit in. And it's in, it's been really, really fun. I haven't done that for years. I've been – more of the studio guy, but it's actually been fun. 
But project-wise, nothing I can talk about. Mm. Uh, how about Miss Blaise? What are you working on audio cast-wise? And uh... nothing I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> because of you, by the way, Mike. <laughs> you know what? Thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this though. Um, we're going to talk live music, um, but we're going to have to do that in the next podcast because mm-hmm. um, per producer Bliss's uh, recommendation to go see more live shows, mm-hmm. I've seen some live shows. And um, quick story, um, we were talking about Straight out of Compton. It's in the movie and we started a really good discussion and we was talking about that whole thing. It was a great movie. And so uh, I go online and I'm like, oh, Snoop. Snoop's playing, and you know, and I'm in that straight out of Compton mode, and so I get tickets to go see Snoop Dogg. So like, great, I you know, I'd love to see him live, blah blah blah. And then I realize it's 4:20. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> so we go to a Snoop Dogg show on 4:20. Oh man! Cypress Hill was Khalifa. It was crazy, and we'll have to talk about that next time. There were planes that flew above us, and I believe that they did not see the crowd because the smoke (laughs) was so thick above the entire audience. It was it was crazy, but yeah, we're gonna do a whole live a whole live music show. And when we do that, I will tell my story about the night I mixed live sound for Snoop. (laughs) Nice, which actually did happen. (laughs) Which, by the way, Mike mentioned that. a lot of those rappers, a lot of things they did wouldn't have been possible without um, oh, no the progress wow. that you have. And uh, wow. thank you for the electronic scene, um, Justice and Swedish House Mafia and Dead Mouse in particular. <laughs> so I'm so grateful for everything that you've cool. done. Cool. Thank cool. you. Scott, how about you? Hello. <laughs> you work on anything you can talk about? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's been, it's been quite the journey. I know I've been missed a bunch of podcasts. Um, been working uh i got sucked in with uh, from guillermo de toro to uh do the season of the strain nice and so i'm doing a lot of strigoys and uh that's been pretty trippy also for the last handful of last year i've been doing a lot of immersive audio so uh, i moved over to technicolor and uh that's kind of part of my job is to help them take audio to that next level Great. Well, and, we'll uh, have to we'll have to pick your brain about that on another podcast. Yeah. Um, hey, Eric, come on. Are you working on some cool stuff? <laughs> yeah. Good come luck on. with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we just we just released um, Keyscape Creative, and so that's like the very latest thing we released, which is you can use Keyscape inside Omnisphere, and um, so we did an entire um, we did an entire uh, brand new. Uh, patch library of mangling, taking the sounds from Keyscape and turning them into completely different sounds inside Omnisphere. Hmm. Yeah, and it's free. It's like if you own Omnisphere and Keyscape, it just shows up in your in your uh, Omnisphere browser. Just update to the latest version, and you've got it. It's like another, and it's another twelve hundred uh, incredible new sounds, and it's wow. free for people that own both. Wow. I so don't, I don't gonna, own both, but, gonna, but we, I will. We do, but we're, we're going to go down the rabbit hole even more. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Check <laughs> it out. Like, it, there's some really neat things in there, and and you wouldn't believe like the sources, and you know. So 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's been fun, and we got lots of stuff in the works. So, Well, you know what? That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, you know, tell me specifics, and, I, you know, I won't try to, you know, see about the next version of RMX, and I'm not going to suggest anything about rhythm or anything like that. But, <laughs> we we haven't not. forgotten about rhythm. <laughs> that's all I'll say. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even going to play those. Those kind of things. How about you, Diego? What are you What are you working on? Can you talk about any fun stuff you've nope. done? <laughs> <laughs> but there, yeah, there is a lot of fun, a lot of craziness going on. Yes, but can't say much. But that's the beauty of it. When you'll see it, you'll know. All right, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Listen. Hey. Hey, well, at least when, he knows what I'm doing. Yeah, that's okay. right. That's exactly. right. <laughs> no, no, no. Somebody Which, knows. And I, Somebody and, does. And I, and I will tell you, I know once everything comes out, I'm sure you'll talk about it. Yes. We should actually, for the podcast, get T-shirts that just have a big non-disclosure agreement on it. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it is. <laughs> and you know what? This is, my, this is my favorite part of the show, too. <laughs> like you'll see I mean, NWA shirts. We should have NDA shirts. Yeah, that's right. why we do this to ourselves every show. NDA. You know why? Straight out of secrecy. Because <laughs> it means we're legit. <laughs> okay. How about, how about you, Brian? You can join us well, on this. Well, I, actually, I can't really talk about it. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, before I uh, went on here, I asked the person if I could talk about it. So I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. And they said, I said, is it okay if I mention it? And it's Dina Carter. She's a country artist. And right. she oh, yeah. is, so I'm. she's working on her next album. Wow. And I'm mixed – I'm in the process of mixing it as she funnels the songs to me. So wow. mixed three songs so far, but you know, it's like a, you know, as, as it comes in. So I don't have all the files yet, but I'm working on that. And I'm working on an indie album coming up by this uh, artist named Jenny Van Elst. And uh, it's a, like an acoustic organic Americana type of thing. So I get to plug in on my outboard gear. You know what? All the fun stuff with that, you know? I'm just going to say the Audio Nowcast listeners are just awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and make sure we know when that stuff gets done so we can, like, give it a plug. For for sure. For sure. We'll bring you back. Awesome. (laughs) Hey, Bobby, you've been really quiet. Yeah, what's up, Bobby? I know. I I mean, I know you've gotten back from a cruise or so. And uh, I mean, what are you up to? What have you been doing? You know, lots, but. The best thing to do is just go to bobbyosinski.com. I just saw your new uh, your new website the, with the console. What's the name? The Oh, Hitmakers Club. It's yes. a membership site. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it a lot. It yeah. looks really, really cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Mike, how about you? Uh, oh, all kinds of great stuff that I will talk about. Um, spaces. I do not cast spaces. We're doing some more episodes. Actually going to be going back east to be shooting a couple episodes there. Um, when that comes out, we're probably just going to dump a whole season at one time, but it's really cool. And if you guys want to know what Spaces is, is basically we go into places where audio is made, played, or listened to. And it's just really low-key, and we have a great time, and it's just fun, and it's just showing people, you know, different places. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to – we go into manufacturers. We go into, you know, studios. We're, we're not too picky. <laughs> 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 but we have, you know um, – 
the episode number one, I will tease in the fact that we were over in the UK and we did go to, like I said last time, we went to British Grove, we went to Rack Studios, we went to um, Rockfield Studios. And so we, we've gone to some pretty legit places. So that's kind of fun. We're going to be shooting some more episodes. Um, and actually, I'm going to go see Stevie Wonder at the Jazz Fest. Um, so that'll be really cool. And we're going to do a little bit. It's a lot, it'll be a lot more fun when you're not actually working. And yeah, like- you know what? This is the first time I will have I'll, – I'll see him as like – a consumer, you know, mm-hmm. just sitting there and, and, uh, it should be way more enjoyable and a lot less stress. <laughs> <laughs> should be. <laughs> um, but mostly, um, before I go, I just wanted to, um, say something, you know, we have a really great, um, audience that listens to the podcast and there have been listeners that I know have been there since, since day one, they followed us all, 11 years and i just think that's pretty awesome and you know this podcast it's it's the little train that that could we don't do any advertising and um looking at our stats we're in 41 countries we had our downloads are going back up because we had a big break and i was worried that we'd have like you know 40 downloads you Mm -hmm. know and um episode 182 when it went up was like the fastest rate of downloads that we've had we had like in the first day I think we had like 1,300 downloads just, just like that. And um, so it's really great, and I really appreciate all the listeners that have been with us. And um, we're going to try to do some new stuff, and we're going to expand, and we just want to – we want this thing to grow. And, um, you know, we're upping the game with guests, and we promise no more guitar shows. <laughs> <laughs> but lastly, I want to go around. I want to thank everybody. You know, it's been really great since – Bobby's joined us. It was he added a lot. It's been great since Diego's been with us, and Scott's been here from the beginning. And Rob, Rob's been the right hand man from the very beginning. And I know Bobby Summerfield would be here if he yeah. could. And I know Martin. You know, no one's really left. And even Andrew. You know, we tried to reach out to Andrew, but he got busy. But he was like, "Yeah, totally." You know, whenever I'm town. So you know, we got to think. You know, Forrest and Bill. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And Jeremy. Brandon and, and Jeremy. Brandon, and, yeah. and, and Ken. Ken. Yeah. Yep. Ken, who's put together this lovely studio. So I just want to thank all you guys. It's been great. It's been fun. This is like the best social thing and <laughs> fun. It's just great. And it's just really meant a lot to me. And I just want to thank all the listeners for being out there and downloading. And uh, here's to uh, another 11 years. Let's see what we can do. Woo-hoo! Let's see what we're going to do. And I already said it, but thank you again, Mike. Oh, this yeah. Obviously yeah. would not have happened without you. Yeah. Well, you guys are welcome. Well, hey, listen, if you have any comments or questions or you'd like to be on the podcast. <laughs> hey, it works. <laughs> it does work. <laughs> you can email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. I want to encourage everybody to go to Spectrasonics and uh, to go. You cannot go wrong. Like if you don't know what to buy, just pick one and then you're going to want to buy another one. So from myself and all the guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. See you, Joanne. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and West Wave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.